This is Seattle Hawk Talk with another Seahawk Extra Point podcast. And the wheels came off again, this time against the number one team in the NFL. And although that may sound like justification for the loss, it's not. Because the Hawks had every opportunity for a win. Played the Rams a lot tougher than most and were in position to win, but made some all-too-familiar miscues. And it's a short week this week with a Thursday night matchup against the Green Bay Packers. We'll talk about all of it coming up next in today's Seahawk Extra Point Podcast. Well, the Seattle Seahawks dropped a close one this past Sunday against the number one team in the NFL, the Rams, 36-31. And boy, I tell you what, this one seemed a lot like deja vu all over again because it, uh, you know, last time we played the Rams, 33-31. And again, had the opportunity to win the game. Uh, looking back on it there, Bo 50, uh, what, uh, what, what were some of the mistakes that we made that could have made a huge difference in the game? Wow, um, that's a pretty broad question, and you know, uh, it, it allows me to get into some of the pet peeves that I have for this season. Let me begin with Russell Wilson. <laughs> you know, you don't want to get all over the guy because he does such a great job in, in and throughout the community of Seattle, and you know, we're all big fans of Russell, but for crying out loud, for a guy who's going to come looking for $32 million, which I believe now is, I don't think that that's on the table anymore, and you know, one of the reasons in the, you know, one of the catalysts for us starting this conversation has been Russell Wilson and the, and the money ball concept over the years. And at the beginning of the season, everybody's looking at Russell Wilson thinking $32 million is what he's going to come looking for for a contract. And, and I don't think that that's the starting point for a contract this upcoming season. And this game is yet another illustration of why $32 million is off the table. I think the starting point for contract negotiations, even as even as an aggressive agent, is probably going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of twenty-five to twenty-seven million now, because Russell just hasn't achieved or played the way we need him to. I mean, we're talking about a fumble in the fourth quarter. We're talking about some chintzy pass thing that was incomplete but had to be reviewed. I mean, that's just bad decision making. And then you toss in the you know continue misses on throws and dramatic overthrows on i mean we had a chance to we had the ball we had the opportunity to drive the field and and make some plays and and get the win in a in a tough to win situation and uh quite frankly it wasn't the run game that stalled and it wasn't the defense that made the miscues and it wasn't really anything else and it wasn't you can call, everybody can jump up and down and could say, hey, shoddy, it's shoddy's fault. He's being too conservative. The play calling was there, folks. The ball just wasn't thrown in the places that it needed to be, and that needs to be, you know, the conversation when you're going into negotiations this offseason. So what was it that we, why was it that we lost the game? Uh, sorry, Russ, this one goes squarely on your shoulders. We had the ball with a minute and 50 left, and you didn't drop the ball on that drive. You dropped the ball literally on the drive prior, but... Uh, you missed, man. You missed in a big way. And that's my issue was the uh, the missed throws. I mean, hitting people in the ankles, uh, you know, on that drive with about 30, maybe 25 seconds left, uh, a nice out route and uh, missed that throw completely. I mean, right on the sideline, would have stopped the clock. And it was it stopped the clock with the ball on about the 25. 
And uh, to your point that you made when we were having conversation during the game about that, uh, the real open receiver was right behind that play that I'm talking about. And uh, (laughs) Doug Baldwin was like wide open and he too was on the sidelines, but even further downfield and uh, could have taken, you know, uh, probably carved off another few yards before he ran out of bounds and stopped the clock. So it's decision-making like that. I think that uh, has us both with a big bone to pick with Russell Wilson. You get into the decision-making and, you know, you don't need to go any further than, getting a delay a game penalty coming out of a freaking timeout. I mean, that's just <laughs> poor management on the quarterback's fault, and that's not shoddy, and that's not Pete, and that's not the sidelines. That is poor management on the quarterback's fault and not putting a sense of urgency into his team and or getting the play called you know correctly and everybody lined up. At $32 million, you're looking for Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, you and I have said this several times, if you want to see an absolute illustration of getting rid of the ball on time and accurately and what $32 million looks like, go look at Aaron Rodgers play pretty much any game, and you will see what $32 million should look like, and then you go ahead and tell me why we should pay Russell Wilson that money. And, and you're just, honestly, it, you can argue it till you're blue in the face to me, and you're, I'm just not going to take that argument. I'm just not going to believe it because at this point, you know, I think he's probably more a 20 to 25 million a year. And like you and I have talked about recently, I don't know that I'm necessarily willing to pay that kind of money this next year. I don't know that 20 million is is even there, particularly given what we think is. In the works, and I think that uh, you know we got a lot to cover here, so we should probably do an individual podcast on uh, what the quarterback situation looks like over the next two years. Probably a good one. I, I, you know what? I think we can just go ahead and promise people that we're going to do that. Not right now, though. And speaking of Aaron Rodgers giving a clinic, he's going to give us a clinic on Thursday night. We're just a couple of days away from that, and uh, we're going to see that A-B comparison because both those guys are going to be on the field. And if you think that Wilson is going to be able to perform as well as Aaron Rodgers does, you're going to be able to see it up close and personal. Okay, a couple of things that happened in this past game this past week because it was a very winnable game against the Rams. It was just those miscues that uh, kept us uh, kept us from winning that game. And again, it was very much akin to the first time we played them where we played them tough all the way to the end of the game. Final score, 33-31. Anybody else playing the Rams that tough this year? I don't think so. Okay, so looking back at the game, Chris Carson not in the game this week. DJ Flukert not in the game this week. I found it interesting that this undrafted free agent, Jordan Simmons, got started at right guard, uh, particularly since since our boy was on the field. I mean, Posick was out there. He got five snaps and as a center in uh, on special teams, uh, I, I don't know, you know, are they maybe working him back and maybe giving him a little bit of extra time to get healthy? I don't know, but Simmons, that was uh, that was kind of a surprise to me. Yeah, it surprised to me too. But on the positive, run game didn't suffer at all from it. Um, no, our run game is looking excellent, you know, and that <laughs> just it becomes. And I'm sorry to go back to it because I'm excited about talking about some of the really, really amazing positives from this game too, but. You know, you look at what we were able to do in the run game and throughout the game on the ground. 
Um, and it just continues to point to the fact that if it's not the run game and we're able to run all over opponents and we're just looking to finish, where does the finishing move kind of lie? And that's kind of, you know, the passing game. That lies squarely on Russell's shoulders. So sorry to get back to it, but yeah. I'll get off of it now. The run game was fantastic. The offensive line did a great job, including Simmons, which is fantastic to see. Just, you know, really kind of going out and playing that bully ball style of offense that, you know, we have come to love and cherish in Seattle. Hey, man, great to see uh, Rashad Penny finally come to the party and <laughs> yeah. get to, you know, crack off some good runs. 12 runs, 108 yards, uh, nine yard average. Got his got his first touchdown, and uh, you know, as we were uh, talking during the game, it was like, uh, okay, hey, that's how it feels there, hot stuff. You know, uh, more of that, right? And uh, he gave us more of it throughout the uh, course of the game. Uh, Mike Davis in there doing a great job as well. You know, 11 carries, 58 yards, 5.3 yard average, and again, you know, that's our point in this whole thing about the running game is 5.3 yards average for Mike Davis? I mean, a guy that was what, he's undrafted, right? And he's popping off 5.3 yards. Then we bring in our first-round pick, Rashad Penny, and he's popping off nine. And Russell Wilson, you know, even with his runs, he, he was uh, averaging 10.2 yards a carry, nine carries, 92 yards, you know, which I felt Wilson d- doing those, you know, uh, outside runs, you know, uh, goes out like he's going to throw and everybody kind of backs up and off he goes and typically gets a first down out of it. Why don't you do more of that in the first and the second quarter to get those guys to play up a little bit tighter to the line and open up some of that passing game if that's what you're going to do? Yeah, I totally agree with you. But let's also talk about the other elephant in the room, which is when Russell Wilson's taken off, he looks a little slower than he has in years past. (laughs) Well, he's not 25 anymore. But it looks like Father Time is catching up. Well, and when you've got edge rushers that are as fast as guys that are out there these days, uh, you know, that whole little uh, spin move and try and escape out the backside of the pocket just ain't working like it used to. And Aaron Donald tagged him a pretty good one in this particular game. Speaking of tag, let's move over to the defensive side of the ball for just a second because I want to allow some time here, make sure we get a chance to talk about the upcoming game with the Green Bay Packers coming up this week. The midweek game going to be featured, the featured Thursday night game. Yeah, nice to get the you know the TV coverage and everything, but uh, we you know we're still talking about doing a, getting a win out of it. Good news is we're at home in front of the twelves. Although so far this season that hasn't necessarily worked in our benefit. Defensive side of the ball, Dion Jordan looking pretty good. I mean, both of us were commenting during the game that uh, it was great to see Dion out there and healthy and. And he shared a sack with Frank Clark. Now, Frank Clark didn't get a whole lot of tackles during the game, but that's because he was getting his butt double teamed quite a bit. But I think that was cutting loose a bunch of the other guys to get some work done. Yeah, you know, uh, the interior part of the defensive line continuing to, you know, make a pretty good move, pretty decent pressure. Uh, Goff, though, you know, really, and that whole scheme in L.A. really – uh, accentuates the ability for them to be so flexible. Um, and he's really getting rid of the ball on time and to the right receiver and able to make the plays that we were vacating. I would have liked to see them blitz a little bit more and put a little bit more pressure on Goff. I mean, Goff was back there picking it apart. You know, if a guy's right. back there picking it apart, um, my belief is that if the guy's going to complete pass anyway, at least we can put some pressure on him maybe you know, hopefully get one of those big turnovers that we have seen can slip a game so quickly. And putting pressure on Goff, I think, going forward, if we see them again in the playoff round or something, is going to be 
uh, a valuable tool for us, and, and I think we'll probably see a little bit more blitz than we did in this last game. Um, but the defensive line as a whole played very, very well. We've got a couple sacks out of it. Again, another interior sack by uh, Jefferson. Really good, strong, solid play on the defensive line, and that's always fun to see. Um, linebackers played pretty solid, although we did give up, uh, you know, quite a bit of the middle. But that's, you know, again, can be attributed to LA's ability to be flexible in their game planning. Overall, I would say our secondary played very, very well. So, you know, very, very happy with the amount, the the thump that the defense played with, the aggressiveness. Uh, would like to see just a little bit more blitz package and you know pressure uh, on on the quarterback there. But other than that, you know we put our the defense sincerely did their you know did their part of the bargain. They held us in the game and right. did what was required when it was required. Yeah, we're going to need that when we're when we're playing against Aaron Rodgers this week. Uh, one one last thing on the offense before we take a look at that Green Bay game and what we need to do, and that is is that uh, our buddy Nick Van Ed doing a great job, and Ed Dixon uh, in the game as well. You know, Ed is uh, feeling better, but uh, interesting. You know that uh, Van Ed gets forty one snaps, sixty percent of the snaps at tight end. Ed Dixon gets twenty four. Uh, snaps and uh, George Fant gets twenty snaps as well. So uh, the uh, the whole thing with the tight ends is just kind of an interesting thing to watch right at the moment. Sure, wish we still had Will Disley out there. Talk about Green Bay because I think uh, pretty much the plan is about the same. Particularly when you're playing against a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, you know it's it's been the same for a, a number of weeks there, during this season, and that is one of the keys to the game is just to keep them off the field. It's going to be a little bit tougher to do when you're talking about Aaron Rodgers, but uh, still, the, it seems like the game's strategy is the same. And again, it seems like the offensive strategy is about the same as well, and that is to go out and pound the ball and do it early on so that you get the defensive lineman on the opposite side of the ball tired out. Well, yeah, you know, the, the great thing about the Seattle concept uh, and the complementary football that Seattle generally plays is that it doesn't necessarily change week to week. You're you know, your big push is to keep the offense off the field by playing, uh, you know, good ball control offense yourself and then playing heavy-handed physical football on the defensive side as well. So, you, you know, that, necessarily, that doesn't necessarily change week to week, which is, you know, advantageous, especially in weeks like this where you're in a short week. Keeping Aaron Rodgers off the field is a difficulty for the entire NFL, and Aaron is starting to get, a, get hot now. So, oh, yeah. um, you know, it's going to, it's going to be, we're going to have our hands full and that secondary, you know, is going to have its hands full, especially coming off a week, a short week where he, Aaron Rodgers now has a game tape to see, you know, where those holes in the Seattle defense are. Um, and I would, again, really like to see more pressure on the quarterback this week, especially because, you know, you don't necessarily have the big risk of, a. Uh, of as a powerful run game as you do in LA. I mean, Todd Gurley is running like a you know a, a man child in, <laughs> against the junior varsity team, right. and he's doing that against the uh, entire NFL, not just us. You know, so it'll be nice to see a little bit less of a powerful run game, and hopefully, you know, the defense can come up with some valuable turnovers this week, and you know, put some pressure on Aaron and make him uh, you know make one of those very rare bad decisions and throw a ball that maybe shouldn't have been put up and, you know, maybe we'd come out of it with a turnover. That's, you know, kind of what I'm hoping for from the defense offensively. I'd like to just see more of what we did. 
Except I'd like to see Russell complete those damn passes. I mean, for crying out loud, I can't stress it enough. If, you know, if, if you want to drop us to four and six, which is a complete possibility this week, continue to not complete those passes and throw on time because the receivers are doing their job. The game call and the, the coaches are calling the right game for what we're trying to do. It's just a matter of execution at this point. And if anyone is continuing to stay on the Russell bandwagon where you're just like, oh, Russell's amazing and he can't do anything wrong, I hate to be the bear of bad news, guys, but we rushed for almost 200 yards the other day and we still came out, came out with a loss. We had, you know, all of our running backs and everybody who ran the damn ball was averaging well over four yards, four and a half yards of carry. That part of the game is doing its job, and now we just need somebody to complete the damn ball, and there were receivers open. So we're going to see more of the same. We just need Russell to, you know, complete the difficult pass, and we need him to throw the ball on time and where it needs to go. And we need him not to frickin' fumble the ball in the fourth quarter. I mean, that was the second time. Uh, actually, he's fumbled the ball a couple times in the fourth quarter this season and thrown a pick six. So, you know, those are things that we have to stop doing. And, and by we, I mean he. <laughs> and those things are fixable. And uh, one of the other things about the Green Bay Packer game coming up this week, well, a couple of things. First of all, again, can't underscore enough. It's at home in front of the 12s. Good news. Uh, good news as well. Uh, bad news because we never like to see a guy go down with injuries, but they do have some key injuries on the Green Bay Packers. One of the other uh, storylines, I guess, is, is that Jimmy Graham coming back home, play in front of the Seattle Seahawks fans that loved him so much. So that's going to be another storyline as well. Well, we're going to talk to you after the game. We hope that everything goes as well as we all hope it will, but we'll be talking to you about this Green Bay Packer game in Seattle coming up Thursday night after the game with post-game comments right here on Seattle Hot Talk and another Seahawk Extra Point Podcast.